is up gore hounds this is bobby blades i know the intro for this week's episode sounds a little bit weird and i'm about to explain why because when we had recorded the episode for this week apparently there was 10 minutes of dead air that was supposed to have been the intro and so now you've got me pulling a rabbit out of my ass at the 11th hour just uh introing the show for you so this week we are talking about The Thing or uh, Kurt Russell's beard. Yeah, we're talking about The Thing, John Carpenter movie, 1981, I believe. And I think that's it. But again, like I said, if the intro does sound a little weird, or actually there was no intro because it was 10 minutes of dead air, didn't record apparently. So uh, yeah, after right after these messages, we'll get into it. And hope you enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. 100,000 years ago, it found its way into our galaxy. Trapped in the frozen wasteland of Antarctica, it could not escape. Now, the men of Station 4 have made a monumental discovery. An alien creature had frozen, but not to death. And man... It isn't Benning! ...is the warmest place to hide. I can set the first scene because it it's not really much of anything. Just it shows like it tells you the year, I think, uh, some uh, 10,000 years ago or whatever. And then shows like a, a saucer like disc crashing into the planet. And then it brings us to 1982. Yes. Yep. A very snowy 1982. Oh, yes. Very bleak. To me, this and The Shining are like perfect, like winter horror movies. Yeah, they are because it is, it's so desolate and everything. It's like, there's nothing there. Yeah, no, it, it, it's very, uh, well, we talked about this kind of with the evil dead, but it's very, uh, isolated. Yeah. So it's even scarier in a way because. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, and, and the snow makes it even worse, even more so I, to me, because like, you don't want to be out there very long. It's like, looks cold as hell. Yeah, so the the creature will kill you, or the snow, will, the cold. Right? Will kill yeah, you're you. not gonna. Yeah, it's not good either way around. Yeah, no survivors, and no. it takes us to um, a thing that confused the hell out of me was the Norwegians in the helicopter, and I always wondered why they were shooting at the dog. Okay, and Jed. Jed was the name of the dog. I just thought he should get a shout out because he was great. He was a very well trained. Um, I think he was half husky and half wolf, actually, but I thought he was a very well-trained dog. Oh, cool. So the dog actually had a name. Uh, what, the, I, not in the movie, but the actual real dog had a name. It was Jed. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't want to sound like a know-it-all, but um, because I'm not a know-it-all, Walt was actually sharing this with me when we watched the film. So the Norwegians are actually yelling something. Yes. But they don't subtitle it. No, they did not. And I always wondered that too. They were apparently, if you translate it, they were basically yelling that the dog is not a dog, it's an alien. Like they were, like if they would have translated it, they would have given away what was to come in the film. Ah, okay. Yeah, which I'm like, oh, that's that's clever, I thought. Yeah, because, you know, I didn't understand that whole beginning sequence until I actually watched the prequel that was made, you know, a few years oh, back. Oh, yeah, which I actually like that one. I know a lot of people do not, but I thought it was fine for what it was. I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It, it did answer yeah. some questions that I had. And I was like, oh, that you know, they actually did a pretty good job of making things look the same and giving us a reason as to what happened in the Norwegian camp before, you know, we meet Kurt Russell in them. Right. Yep. Exactly. And then so, well, like basically, so they're like this helicopter, this Norwegian helicopter or a helicopter full of Norwegian two two Norwegian people, not full of. <laughs> um, well, it was full because you could only hold two people. So I guess technically it was full of Norwegians. Um, but they're like shooting at this this dog. This is a random dog that's just like running through the snow. And they're like shooting at it. And then they start throwing bombs at it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other, like there's a few of the, the researchers, the American researchers are like, what the heck's going on? And then they land the helicopter and they're like, we were talking about, they're like saying things that the Americans can't understand. And then they actually take a, like a shot and they hit one of the, uh, one of the researchers, like right in the knee. Um, yeah. And then they still go, they're still going after him. And then uh, they, there's like another uh, explosive, like accident where the one guy blows up the other Norwegian and the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, someone is, uh, someone just takes him out. Right. They just shoot the, yeah, the that, other Norwegian. That, uh... That guy who I immediately, he looks like a, somebody who would have played in a Western. And when he smashes the glass on the window and fires outside, I was like, this is totally a Western right here. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that is. Oh, gosh. Let me look at my notes really quick. That is Gary. He's Gary with two R's in the film. And he's played by Donald Moffat. Oh, yes. Donald Moffat. Yep. Oh, weird that you'd have that reaction because I did not actually, but I had to, I did some, some spying. He was in Popeye. Um, uh, I don't know him from anything. The only reason I, because I have the IMDB page up here with the cast members. And so I was looking for the person's name. Oh, see, I'm actually in the fan club because I wanted the t-shirt. Ah, um, okay. So you've got his face on the t-shirt and everything. Yeah, I sure do. All right. Uh, but he was actually, he did uh, like 14 episodes of Logan's run. I don't know. Do you even know that show? Do you remember that? Or is that before your time? Uh, you might be before my time. I remember okay. Hogan's Heroes, but. Okay, Logan's Run was a sci-fi thing. Okay. Um, Farrah Fawcett did the movie and then there's a TV show. But he was in Earthquake, which I love my natural disaster movies. And then he was in, uh, did you say you like the Night Gallery? I, did, I think we had this conversation. Were you a Night Gallery fan? Maybe I'm making this up. Mm, I don't recall that. Okay, well, you're a liar. I am. Um, <laughs> no, but he was in an episode called Pickman's Model because I love the Night Gallery um, and he was in that one. But that's really the only like four things where I had any like hint of even where I would have recognized the man from. But that was Gary. Yeah, but that was very Western, wasn't it? It was very. Uh, 
It was. Of, yeah, yeah kind of like, I'm like, oh, we're back in assault on precinct, uh, precinct 13 territory <laughs> You've here. You've got yourself a six shooter and you're smashing a window to shoot out the, you know, whoever's coming after you and throwing dynamite and blowing shit up. Yes. He reminded me of the guy, I think his name was Bert on Soap, the TV show Soap, if you've ever seen that one. But anyway, the same actor, he seems interchangeable with uh, with that actor to me. He was on Empty Nest too. But anyway, that's got nothing to do with anything. Uh, <laughs> but the guy that gets shot in the leg, he's the redhead. He's got the redhead facial hair. Guys, if you haven't seen this, almost everyone in the movie has facial hair. So it's you can't really use that to describe anybody. <laughs> You have to talk about what color their facial hair was. Right. So he's he's the one he's like bald on top, balding on top. He's got the red facial hair. Um, he's Bennings, he's George Bennings. Um, the dog runs up to him like right off the bat. And um, so he, he's kind of the re- he, uh the dog is kind of the reason he gets shot because the dog's like jumping up on him and and the Norwegian guy's taking shots at him. But that actor is Peter Maloney. Um he did he's actually done quite a bit. He was in um Thinner, the Stephen King movie. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And I just watched the Amityville Horror the other day, the old one, the 79 one. And there there was a guy, there's just a real quick scene where Margot Kidder was like looking something up in the library. And this guy gives her like a, like some research. And I'm like, I think that's the same guy from the thing. And it was. Um, and he was in the children. Did you ever see that one where the kids' fingernails turn black? They're on a bus that gets like radioactive. No, didn't see Radio- that. Oh. You need to see the children. We could do that. It's 1980. We could even cover that. Oh, oh shit. Um, yeah. And then like more recently, he was in like Requiem for a Dream. I never saw is, that movie. Oh, that's so disturbing. You will never look at. Oh, God. What's, I'm blanking out her name again. Oh, she was in. Um, Phenomenon. Oh, my God. She's got dark hair. She was in Dark Water. Jennifer Connelly. You'll never look at her the same way ever again. Ever. Um, if you know who that is, Jennifer Connelly. Um, and yes, he was also, yeah, he was in Summer of Sam, too, which is a really good movie. I like that one a lot. That's uh, Spike Lee. Um, it's got John Leguizamo and Mira Sorvino in it. Oh, I like Mira Sorvino. It's good. It's basically. So Spike Lee has um, taken like the the summer when the killings of the, 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 the son of Sam was doing the killings and just like kind of come up with, like what it would have been like at that time. But it's very interesting. I, I, I recommend that movie. It's pretty cool. I love Mira Sorvino a whole lot. Yeah, she's awesome. I yeah, liked I her in her. Um, Why Am I Blanking Out on the Name? God damn it. The one with the bugs. Mimic. Yes, Mimic. There we are. Mimic. Yeah, yeah. I liked her Mimic too. And The Replacement Killers. I like that one. Too. Oh, yeah. That was a good film too. That was very good. Anyway, oh my gosh. So, the, so, so we're kind of meeting the core group of the men. There's like a bazillion men in this movie too. I think there's like... 13 altogether, not counting the two Norwegians. There's a lot of, this is, there are no women in the cast, except for there's like a voice on the, when, when, um, Kurt Russell's playing that chess game. Yeah. Which made me think of, uh, war games for some reason. Okay. Well, the voice that he's playing against is actually, it was voiced by Adrian Barbeau. Swamp thing. Yeah. Swamp thing. But she was actually married to John Carpenter at the time too. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I love her because she was like in the fog. I love the fog. And actually, Kurt and her worked in uh, Escape from New York together, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Escape from New York. Another great Kurt Russell film. Yeah. I remember I talked my parents into taking me to see Swamp Thing because it wasn't rated R. And that was Wes Craven made that one. But anyway, but there's that whole thing where she's like just showering topless. 
or watering, bathing. And that was so uncomfortable to sit there with my parents, even though I didn't care about the boobs, but to know that that made them uncomfortable that I was there watching <laughs> Adrian Barbeau's boobs was really uncomfortable. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> That's really great. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I rewound that scene many times. You probably did. Yeah. You probably <laughs> did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was probably thinking about where I could take her shopping to buy a new top. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so this, there's this husky dog that appears from nowhere. The Norwegian guys, basically one blows the other one up and then they kill the other one. Um, and then um, they're pretty much trying to figure out what that was all about. Yeah, because nobody speaks Norwegian. Nobody speaks Norwegian. So Kurt Russell, which is McCready in the film, McCready. And then the other guy, um, did you notice? That? Okay, so he's Dr. Cooper. And he's Richard, uh, gosh, Desart, D-Y-S-A-R-T, Desart. Um, the only things I know the gentleman from, though, is he was in the um, Todd McFarlane, the Spawn cartoon. Do you remember that one? Um, yeah. The TV show? I okay, I love that, that one. He was in that, but he was also in one of my favorite monster movies ever, Prophecy from 1979 with Talia Shire. All I remember from Christopher Walken, right? No, 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 no. That's the prophecy. They had to put the the in front of it because prophecy existed beforehand. No, okay. Giant (laughs) mutated bear. It's amazing. I'm going to have to see that. I never watched that. Oh, it's so bad. It's amazing. I love it so much. So to get the, so to get the effect of the giant bear, the actors were clearly on their knees pretending to run. Make the bear look big. (laughs) Oh, it's great. You you need this. You need this in your life. Oh, shit. We but anyway, away from the bear. Right, exactly. Anyway, but so, and did you notice that like, he's got his nose, there's like a nose ring in the side of his nose. Um, who? The, the, so the Dr. Palmer guy. Um, no, I didn't notice that actually. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, I, I watched it before and I was watching it last night with Walter and I'm like, he has a ring in his nose. And Walt's like, no, that's sweat. And I'm like, no, it's not. Cause it's only on one side and it's always there. He's got a little gold ring in his nose. Holy crap. I yeah. never noticed that. No, I didn't either till last night. I swear there's, he wears a gold ring in his nose. Anyway, now folks, we're going to spoil this. We have to, we do all the time. And I'm going to do this for you, Rob. So you know who I'm talking, do you know who I'm talking about already? The actor, or do you need more help? Um, I mean, the character in the movie. Do you know who who do who this um who Palmer is? On uh, David Clement. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, Doctor Cooper. Who Doctor Cooper is? Do you know which one he is? Doctor Cooper. Doctor Cooper. Let me see. If you or are you looking at IMDb? I was gonna say if not, he's the one who has the hand thing happen later on in the movie. Oh yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he and McCready go back to the Norwegian camp to see what was actually going on. And there's a whole it oh. That is like the beginning of total frozen bloodbath city there. Yeah, that was great. Th- that was a really cool effect, I thought. Yeah. Like, why would the guy slit his wrists and slit his throat? Yeah, he was making sure he was not going to become infected with <laughs> anything. And that, um, and then um, that uh, double mushed together human that they found burnt up outside of yes. the Norwegian camp. Yeah. And then so and then they also found like uh, 
like nine hours worth of videotape. Yeah, that they couldn't and, really make much sense out of. You no, know, and like notes written in Norwegian. And then this giant, giant, big ass hole dug into the ice. Yeah, and they're all standing around it just to show you how big it was. Yeah, yeah. So they take all this stuff back, including the like weird ass mutated person thing, which I'm, <laughs> Walt's like, I would have left that there. And I'm like, yeah, I would have too. <laughs> yeah, I would have. At the uh, most, I would have drawn a sketch on a piece of paper. Or, I mean, I'm sure they had Polaroids or something. Maybe they something. Just yeah, that a- would have not come back to camp. That yeah. would have, like, I'm like, to get that to camp, you had to put that on the plane with you. That would have not happened in my reality. That would have just stayed there. No, if, if I was flying that helicopter, no, I wouldn't allow it. Yeah, no, not at all. Oh, and they made a really big deal about the weather was going to get bad soon. But you know what? It didn't never really got that bad. It never got that bad, but they did make a big deal that like, we're going to be like trapped here because this weather is going to get shitty really quick. So now they're back at camp and then, oh, so I guess we need to talk. I'm sorry. This is going to be like this the whole, the whole way. So you guys stick with us, everybody. So the um, Clark is the one guy who basically takes care of all the Huskies because they already have dogs of their own there. Yeah. And this rogue dog shows up. And so. They're basically like, you know, he needs to be put back in the cages with the other dogs. But this dog's been like walking around basically the whole afternoon, it seems like. Yeah. And did you notice that part? This is the first time that I've ever realized it. But I looked and there was a silhouette of somebody that I don't know who it was. And the dog walked into that room and that was like the last we saw. Yes. Yeah. Right. And did you see the, the rack of, you know, boobs on that shadow? So there was a woman there, clearly. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Adrian Barbeau, but I don't want to start any room. Um, but now, so this guy is Richard Masseur. And if now really bear with me on this. Tell me he does not look like Yukon Cornelius from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He does, especially now that his beard is white. Yeah, he like totally looks like, but even like, even in the movie, he looked like Yukon Cornelius. So for the rest of this, he's going to be Yukon Cornelius. Okay. <laughs> okay. But now I recognize him. He was David on One Day at a Time, which I love that TV show, even though I couldn't watch it as a kid. My mom forbade me, forbade me, forbade me, forbade me. Was that a soap opera? No, no. It was a comedy. It was a progressive comedy about a divorced mother with two kids. I don't think I'd, I know I've heard of it, but I always oh. thought it was like a soap. Oh, no. I love that thing so much. It had a, uh, uh, Valerie Bertinelli, who was married to uh, Eddie Van Halen, was on it. She was one of the daughters in Mackenzie Phillips. But I love that show. But he was David on there. So he was Anne Romano, the mom. He was her love interest for a while. Oh, wow. OK, wait, it's it's coming back to me now. You know, it, it does take a little bit of jogging, but my memory is coming Schneider, back. Schneider, the uh, the the um, really kind of weird, creepy. Yeah. Uh, guy who like building maintenance. And he would damn it, Schneider. She'd always say that when she get mad. Yeah. Damn okay. it, Schneider. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. But he was also in it, the 1990 it. He was in that. And another one called The Believers from 1987, which is a really creepy one. Hmm. Um, It's got, uh, what is it? The Sheen, the dad, Martin Sheen. Okay. Yeah. And he was in one of my favorite Farrah Fawcett movies because there's a ton of them. But he was in The Burning Bed, which I remember watching that on TV back in the 80s. Because I love Farrah Fawcett. 
Rob, are you dead? Yes, I was killed oh. by the thing. <laughs> no, I'm just listening to you. You got quiet. I'm like, oh my God, it's got him already. I have to put him down. <laughs> but yeah, so that's who that is. So anyway, they tell him he's got to lock up the dogs. And he eventually does that. When that, I knew something was up right away. As soon as I saw that the uh, infected huskies kind of sit in the middle of the floor. Yeah. Surrounded by all the other ones who are just kind of there sleeping. And I was like, why is it not going over to any of the other dogs? Like, you know, usual dog behavior, maybe. Right. Yeah. Why didn't they go towards him? Rob? <laughs> because it was a creature. <laughs> you are not our kind. No, not at all. He was not their kind at all. <laughs> I thought it was really cool how the dog... I don't know how they got it to do this, but the dog acted like it wasn't a dog, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the, to me, the dog acted like what something that wasn't really a dog would act like. Right. Just kind of sat there staring off it, into yeah. space. And it felt like aloof. And it was like, don't come near me because I don't really know how to interact with you. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? I was like, kudos to Jed the dog. That's all I got to say. I. That dog like really pulled off some pretty cool stuff. I thought dog is a damn fine actor. I know. Screw Meryl Streep. He deserves an Oscar. Yeah. (laughs) He should be in Caligula too. Um, Anyway. So what, what do you want to take the scene? The dog scene? Cause I know you love this stuff. Oh, (laughs) it's a, excuse me. It's a gore lovers wet dream here. Oh my God. No joke. Because the dog's, face opens up like a flower and the skull drops out of the head (laughs) and it just like little tendrils start popping out and you hear that weird oh i love the alien noise yeah yeah i love that and it's just like holy shit something bad's about to happen and all the huskies they're they're chewing at the or one of the huskies is chewing at the wire trying to get the hell out of there so it doesn't get consumed by this alien creature yeah and it was just, it was crazy how they had like all those practical effects and like they had to use puppetry or something maybe because those tentacles were like swimming across the floor and wrapping around the dogs and everything, kind of twisting them all up. And I was just like, I don't know. I was just sitting there amazed by how much thought and effort went into all that. Just like those amazing practical effects. And they're amazing to this day. Like they still hold up i think oh definitely because it it creeped me out like i was like holy shit that looks so real like that could that could be real yeah oh totally yeah totally and then so clark or yukon cornelius shows up because he hears like the dogs are like way carrying on yeah but it's dark because like the generator shut down so he he heads down there and then he opens which i'm like I guess you would do that, but I'm like, don't open the cage. So he opens the cage and then all the other like living Huskies that were able to get out, like all two of them, like they escape. And then like one of the tendril things kind of shoots out and he realizes there's something up. Yeah. Let me close that gate up real quick. (laughs) Right. Really quick. Like on the double. Yeah. And then, then uh, McCready shows up with basically everyone else that we've not talked about because there's so many more people in this movie. Um, but basically they show up with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause McCready calls yeah. for the flamethrower. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's when I, I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, that's when Keith David, who's child's in the movie, he shows up with the uh, flamethrower. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then he's from, um, well, they live, you guys covered, they live before. Um, and that was uh, nine, uh, 88. Um, he's just recently been in Nope, the new Jordan Peele movie. Yeah. He was the voice of Spawn. Exactly. Good cartoon. for you. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And then also speak about voices. He was in uh, the princess and the frog, which is, I really like that Disney movie. I don't watch a lot of Disney movies, but I really like that one. Um, and then are you a fan of the new creep show series? I have, I think I've seen the first, uh, first two seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Cause he did the episode, uh, pesticide, which was a pretty fun one about bugs. Oh yes. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so he's, he's pretty kick-ass. I really like, like his character in here, but he shows up with a flamethrower and he, tortures the f out of that alien yeah he's no nonsense man no he is no nonsense yeah he's not gonna put with anyone's bs but he doesn't get all the alien rob no and as uh because the movie would be over too soon if he did way too soon (laughs) or would it i still have questions because the i don't because the alien was in there right okay but then the power went out Correct. Yeah. And you said before there was the shadow thing in there when the dog went into the room. So in my mind, that that dog has already infected someone else. Right. So that was not our first introduction to the alien. Um, don't you think? Yeah. And okay. I, I don't know who the person in the silhouette was, which is still racks my brain because yeah. it's like, who could it be? Yeah. Well, I have, I have who, who I, who I think the shadow looks like definitely is not who it was because later on we find out that that person, Oh, wait a minute. Anyway, later on we find out that person was not infected because to me, the shadow looks a lot like windows. Um, And that's a person's name, not like the actual like open and shut windows. It's, it's one of the actors in there. His name is windows. (laughs) Windows Um, 98. (laughs) Right. Windows 98. The only thing like I know him from is he did like seven episodes of the TV series Oz, which you're straight. So you probably never saw it. Never Um, saw it. No, no. Um, And then the Warriors, he was uncredited in that. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. It's a weird one. too. Long time ago. I did. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, see, that's because he kind of had the the shadow kind of had like wavy hair, short hair. But now that I'm saying that it almost I wonder Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just thought of something. Who the shadow looked like to me, the more that I think about it. I wonder if you're going to say who I'm thinking. Okay, it looked like, um, it looked like uh, Vance. Let me look at my notes because I got to find out if Vance is who I think it is. Yes, exactly. Yes. See, because after I said windows, I'm thinking, but it had curly hair. I think you're right. That's who I think it is, too. I think it absolutely is. Because he had almost the 100 percent. Yeah. In the shadow, it was almost kind of like a you knew it was a white person. (laughs) And he had like the pompadour kind of hair. And yeah, well, and then we have two African-American characters, but but child's hair is, is pretty much close cropped. Yeah. And then our other African-American is Nalls, played by T.K. Carter. Who and he was it. wearing like a do-rag or something, right? No, he had that awesome blue sweat uh, sweatband and his roller skates. Oh, okay. I thought I saw him when he came out of the kitchen. He was wearing a do-rag at one point. I don't know about that. I just remember the, the sweatband. But since we're on him, I want to bring up, because, you know, I agree with other people. John Carpenter has never had an original idea in his head. And this just proves it, because Facts of Life, 
had 2D on roller skates way before this character. And again, this is just John Carpenter rehashing someone else's ideas and writing. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, another really cool thing about this actor is he did a voice on Gem and the Holograms. I remember that cartoon. Yeah, he was Anthony (laughs) Julian on that cartoon, which I'm like, you go, T.K. Carter. It's really interesting. In this movie, and I'm not making fun of anyone, but in this movie, you had like these really like, like kind of like uh, really highbrow actors that like did all this stuff. Or you had lots of like at the time they were really just doing like a lot of voice work or just like TV shows. Not that there's anything bad with it, but they would do like one episode of like Police Woman or one episode of, you know, uh, I don't like these were like random TV shows, you know, but they weren't actually doing a lot of movies but like the the diversity and and the um, caliber of actors that he got or what they were actually doing was very interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, which was really cool because he scored like Wilford Brimley. You would not think Wilford Brimley would be in something like this. I wouldn't think. No, you, you know what I mean? Honestly, because he seems like a more wholesome kind of right. actor. Well, yeah, he was pushing Quaker oats and diabetes medicine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, hello. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Where were we even at? I oh oh the shadow guy. But yeah, I think you're totally right. I think that's who that is. Um, and who's that actor? We said it was Vance. Um, so that was Charles Hallahan. Yeah. Um, and I've seen oh. him on several like either shows or movies before because his face looks familiar. He was in. <laughs> so he was in Dante's Peak. Did you ever see that movie? I did. Yes. I love that because it's got the kids who are skinny dipping and then the water just boils and kills them. <laughs> like you're not going to get out of the water. You're like, well, this is really hot, but you know, gosh darn, I'm naked. I'm not getting out. Yeah. These um, are the hot springs. They're supposed to be hot. Yeah. They're supposed to be really hot. Um, but, and then he was in um, Twilight Zone movie, an episode, one of those little segments in that. And then Nightwing with the killer bats. Did you ever see that one from 79? I uh, might have. Okay. And then he did the really cheesy, but wonderful uh, terror out of the sky. It was a 78 TV movie about uh, bees, killer bees. Oh, I saw the killer bees one. Yeah. And then I love doing this because you find out these people acted together before, but he and Kurt Russell were both in Silkwood. I never saw that. What was that? Oh, that's the one about Karen Silkwood. This is a true thing. Karen Silkwood worked for a um, nuclear power plant and they were, um, like doing all sorts of things wrong. And she was like going to be a whistleblower and she turned up dead mysteriously. But um, so in the movie, she's Karen Silkwood and Kurt Russell is her like living boyfriend and Cher um, is her um, friend who is Cher plays a lesbian in the movie, but it's oh, a really shit. good movie. Okay. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. And then someone else did, um, we were talking about spawn because you said that Keith, David did spawn and someone else was a voice. Oh, I think, um, who was it? I think, um, where did it go? Oh, Richard. Yeah. Um, the guy with the nose ring, the one that goes with McCready back to the Norwegian thing. He also did voice on spawn as well. Richard uh, the start. That's uh, oh, okay. I was looking at the wrong person. Yeah. I was looking well, at, they, Donald yeah. Moffat, but you're talking about the other person. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But there's so many men in here. I apologize. I mean, I don't want to like leave anyone out and we kind of have to talk about all of them because they all play parts in this thing. But anyway, yeah. So 
that yeah but like we were talking about like even if that alien hadn't gotten out it sounds like they are they were already dealing with an alien that they didn't even know about yet anyway right there was yeah. somebody somebody had already uh, the alien had assimilated someone already. exactly yeah and then so you were talking about the weird mutated thing they brought back from the norwegian camp yep and um, then and is this okay so after they find the dogs am i correct in assuming that that's when uh wilford brimley is doing the autopsy on this thing is it, yeah dr blair wilford brimley and that's when he like kind of he starts putting two and two together way before everyone else and he's like even though this thing looks dead it's not like the cells are still assimilating. Yeah. So, and he came to the conclusion that the organism can survive, like each part is um, its own entity sort of right. thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like to kill the entire thing, you would have to gather it all up in one place. Otherwise it would just kind of, you know, it could live as individual parts. Right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And then he was very focused on Clark, the, the, Yukon Cornelius guy because he was the one with the dogs at first. Right. The dog at he, first. He had he spent was very a lot of focused time. on that. Yeah. He was very focused on like keep an eye on Clark. Watch Clark for and a that's, while. That's yeah. how they uh diverted us away from uh-huh. the actual yeah. who done it because we're oh, thinking, yes. okay, this guy spent a lot of time with the dogs. Uh mm-hmm. he's definitely infected. Um yes. and so yeah, that 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 was a good way of diverting our attention and you know, a little sleight of hand there. Yeah, they, which they pull more than once. Yeah. Yeah, and then they do it rather well, I think. I think. Oh, definitely. I love how it's like a very every everyone's a suspect in this movie because oh, if, yeah. if somebody is alone and you don't know where they were, it's like holy shit, that's the one. But they also do dumbass things like leave people alone. Like towards the end of the movie when like there's four of them but they like make a child stay back by himself. I'm like, "Well, what the hell? You just pretty much signed his death warrant." Yeah. And Mm. because he said, okay, from now on, nobody goes anywhere alone. We all keep an eye on each other. Um, Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, I think it was Windows that said, I'm not going anywhere with this person. And then he was like, all right, Windows, you come with us. And then, um, child, you stay here. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that, that part didn't make it a much sense. Yeah, there. Right. Yeah. No, I've been like, no, we're all, well, I don't know. Would you stay together or would you not? Cause like, well, eventually, okay. So Wilford Brimley really quick. Did you ever see the movie hotel New Hampshire is based on a John Irving novel? No, it is the weirdest thing. Like I was obsessed with this movie. It came out in like 84, but it was, it, it was the weirdest thing. Um, so it's got Jodie Foster and Rob Lowe in it and they're siblings, but they have an incestuous affair. And it's got Natasha Kinski, who I love, Klaus Kinski's daughter, but she's like a performer and she wears a bear costume through the whole thing and doesn't speak. And it's got, um, I always get the, so not the, the big Lebowski, that's Jeff Bridges, isn't it? Um, I, I think so. So Bo Bridges is their father and he gets blinded in like an accident and their dog gets killed, but they have the dog stuffed and they don't tell him that it's dead because he's blind. So he just believes the dog's still alive. It's the weirdest movie, but I love it so much. But anyway, I'm just putting that out there for people. If you've not seen the hotel, in New Hampshire, look that one up anyway. So, so Dr. Blair. Yeah. So he figures it out pretty quick and then he like freaks the F out. Yeah, starts destroying radios. 
and uh, pulling the, what was it, pulling, I think it's, uh, did he pull a radio or did he pull like a, some important piece of the helicopter out? He did everything. Like he destroyed any way they could escape, any way they could reach. Like he was doing damage to everything he possibly could. Yeah. Like he freaked out. I think he wanted his mustache back. <laughs> Give me it back. God damn it. Right, right. And then, like, I felt sorry for the, like, the Windows character, the guy we were talking about. Like, he was trapped in that room with him. I'm like, that'd be horrifying to be trapped in a room with Wilford Brimley and an axe. With an axe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's in a diabetic frenzy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give that man some oatmeal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he's freaking out. And they finally... Um, I guess like who is it? McCready gets a table and they charge him with a table. Oh, I like how Wilford Brimley's like shooting at uh, is I think it's Child. He's like shooting at him and then he runs out bullets so he just throws a gun to his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean if I was Child, I would not have poked my head into the door no. and said, "Hey, calm down." No, not at all. Not at all. No, he was crazy. Yeah, um, but they finally get him and then they stick him outside in this like little. What would you call it? Like a little storage area, I guess, something like that. It looked kind of like a gulag or some shit because it had like the little window opening where you could peek in and stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or hear confession. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So. um, So he's out there. I guess we need to talk about we kind of need to talk about um, Palmer because he's one of the other people. He's David. Clinton. Um, he was in star 80. Did you ever see that one about Dorothy Stratton? Nope. Oh, that, that it was directed by Bob Fosse. It's got Eric Roberts in one of the sleaziest roles ever. Um, so Dorothy Stratton was a playboy um, playmate. Like she was huge. She was a really big deal. Um, and her a boyfriend killed her. This is in real life. Um, and then so Bob Fosse uh, cast Mariel Hemingway to play her. And then Eric Roberts was her boyfriend in the movie. But it's a really good movie. It's a very good movie. Um, and then he was in Helter Skelter, the 76 miniseries as well. I did but, see, or wait, I remember seeing the miniseries on TV, but I didn't think it was 76. It was probably when I was in junior high. I wonder if they replayed it somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. Cause it, I remember it being on one of the big networks like ABC or NBC. Yeah. This was made for, yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so that's Palmer and basically I got, he's the one, um, he smokes pot like a lot. He's the one that they show like rolling. Oh, he's the one who yanks out the VHS of that Panasonic where they're watching like the yes. $100,000 pyramid or some shit. Yeah. He's like, I know how this ends. I'm yeah. like, how horrible. I have to keep watching the same game shows again and again. Right. Uh, yeah. And he's the one who really has out for windows. Like he does not get along with windows at all. Okay. Yeah. So now, and then, so they, they, uh, they lock him in the little gulag thing and he's kind of stuck out there until he kind of calms his giblets down. <laughs> and then he oh and he wants this is another character we've not even talked about yet it's fuchs and he's another kind of like medical person that works i guess alongside him he's the one that's got glasses and a beard haha um oh okay yeah see there's so many people in this movie it's hard to keep track right yeah and the only thing i know this guy from it was a movie that came out in 96 called it's my party other than that this man all i could find is he did tv shows that i knew of you know like little bit parts on tv shows hmm. um but yeah this guy's another like i was watching with walter i'm like they just pushed another man in the scene i'm like these men just keep coming out of the woodwork 
<laughs> They're just popping out of the snow. I know, they are. I'm like, what the heck? Um, but yeah, so he tells, um, uh, what's his face? Wilford Brimley tells this Fuchs guy to, um, to run blood work and check everyone that way. Uh, oh, yes. And then we find out that um, when they go look for the blood, yes, that it has been tampered with. It has been tampered with and the blood was locked up. Right. Yes. And who, who was the, okay. The, so we know McCready had one of the keys, but who was the other one with the key? All right. So McCready had a key and then, um, uh, the one guy, Gary with two R's, uh, the older guy that I said looked like the guy from Bert from soap that you didn't know. Oh, the guy that shot the, I shot out the window. Okay. The, the cowboy, the cowboy who's been, I, I, See, I was discussing this with Walter. I wasn't quite clear on a lot of their roles, but he has some kind of supervisory role over them, I assumed. Yeah, I, I was thinking he was kind of like the head of security or some. Yes, yeah. So he had the key, and then he was saying he would let um, um, uh, um, the gentleman with the ring nose um, borrow it when he needed to. Uh Okay, and that would be, that was Palmer, right? Cooper, Dr. Cooper. Oh, Dr. Cooper, okay. Cooper, Cooper, because Palmer is, I'm so sorry about this. There are so many men in this movie. There is, I'm confused, like all the time now. <laughs> so Cooper, Cooper does not have any facial hair. He's the one with the gold ring. He's the one that went back with McCready to the Norwegian camp. Okay, and he is also balding. Sort of, yes. He's got that weird, I'm going bald in front. And it's going back, but he's got the hair ring on the edge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's also the one that has a problem with his hands later in the movie, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then, but then when they mention the key thing, Windows gets like all jittery looking like, oh, there's something up with Windows. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Like they, oh, go ahead. I just said they do a really, really good job of making us think that Windows might be the alien. Right. And Windows but, also has curly hair. That's why I thought it was Windows, you know. Yeah, another art of misdirection yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Um. So then they kind of get in a, a tussle about that, um, about the whole key thing. And then that's when Yukon Cornelius goes after Childs, David Keith, over who should have the key. Because, like, Yukon Cornelius is like, you're a hothead. You don't need that key. And I'm like, well, you're the one that just pulled out a switchblade out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm like, like, well, let's talk about this, the hothead. Uh, yeah. Um, and then McCready's like, oh, maybe we need somebody with a more even temper in this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, everybody is scared witless. I don't think you're going to find uh, too many even tempered people there. Right. No, right. Exactly. Yeah. To be honest with you, and this kind of comes up later, I thought Nalls the the cook on the roller on the roller skates i I thought he was probably one of the more calmer people yeah because he he didn't really freak out too much no no he like came in there and he's like you he throws that like dirty top or whatever yeah keep your drawers out of my kitchen yeah your dirty drawers out of my kitchen i'm like yeah but i mean out of all of them i'm like he seemed the most like like i'm not gonna lose my shit over anything you know yeah even though he was scared yeah but he seemed he seemed calm, which I want to remind me later when we get closer to the end, because there's something that he did that seemed very out of character. And I want to talk to you about that. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, also, did 
did Kurt Russell not look like he was made out of wax in this movie? Like he looked so pale. Yeah, he did. And the other people didn't look that pale. I'm, you know, cause I'm like, if they're trying to make them look like they're away from the sun, I would think they'd all look like that, but he was so pale. Like he looked like he had like eyeliner on his eyes were like so dark. Yeah. Also it might've been the lighting, but uh, I think the contrast between his beard and all that hair on his head. Yeah, it I don't might know what have, it was. Might have made his face look whiter. Yeah, he looked sick. I'm like, you don't look healthy. <laughs> Probably all that J and B he was drinking. Yeah, it might have been, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they fight over that. Now, who did it? you're gonna have to help me on this one? Who actually gets the key? Uh, I believe McCready is handed the key. Okay, that's what I thought too, but I didn't want to like speak out of turn. Okay, so he's got the key then, and then um, and so is um. Ba, 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 I'm going down the list here. It looks like uh, Bennings was left in uh, in the food storage thing or whatever. Yeah, Bennings with uh, was it Windows? Um, it yes, yes, Windows. Right. So yeah, he was with Windows, windows and then the, somehow the he got absorbed by the. That- because they had him pull all of the specimens out of the, the thing and stick them in the storage room. Okay. And then remember windows was uh, in front. Of, I don't know why I said that. I don't mean to make you feel like you're on the spot. I'm sorry about that. Not anyway. But anyway, windows was in front of the, they had that like, it looked like an itchy as hell wool cover that we had like in the seventies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> over the thing. And it started to move. And I'm like, it's just moving because it's itchy as hell wool cover on it. That yeah. Um, but it like moved a little bit behind him. And there was a and, little bit of goo there too, yeah, right? Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. And then for some reason, I don't remember why, because we're all supposed to stay together. Windows leaves um, Benning alone. Yeah. Benning alone. And then they come back and then like he's being really grossly absorbed. Oh, and they mentioned, isn't this where they come up with like the clothes have to be like torn or something when. Yeah, because when it's assimilating, I guess he, they, he said it tears through the fabric. And so the clothes. Uh, yeah. They have to find a change of clothes or something, which takes us back to Nalls in the kitchen saying who left their dirty drawers. Yeah. Um, and it also kitchen. sets up for something that comes later. That's very important. Right. Yeah. The whole shredded clothes thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was pretty masterful because we're seeing Bennings walking through the snow. He's almost fully assimilated except for his hands. Yeah. Yeah. And there was something about, it may just be me, but he looked sad, I thought. Yeah. I don't know if it was sad. I don't know if it's just maybe the alien was just trying to hurry. But there's something that almost looked like there was still some of him in there. Like, I don't know. It just, to me, and he didn't, did you, like, he didn't seem to run? No, he was just walking. Like, no, but I mean, like, like when they were going to set him on fire, he was, like, just accepting his fate. Like, you're going to kill me. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Like, I'm going to fight you back or anything. He just looked like resigned to like, yeah, you're going to burn me. I'm going to die. Here we go. You know, I don't know. There's just something about him in particular, that one particular like alien takeover. He just seemed very sad about it. I don't know. I just, I don't know. That one always kind of like kind of touched my soul. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe the alien knew it's like, okay, I'm, I'm fucked right now. Cause I'm in this body here, but I'm also inside of the dog or inside of the like two or yeah. three other people. So maybe I'll just sacrifice this part of my body and, uh, you know, continue on my journey to find a way out of here. 
Because honestly, if I was an alien, the only body I would want to be in is Kurt Russell. <laughs> that beard, man. It's that beard. That beard. It's amazing. Well, you know what? Yukon Cornelius, he has a nice beard too. I'll be honest with you. He yeah, looks he completely does. different with the beard and without. Like totally different. Um, he so looks anyway. like uh, um, on Home Improvement, he looks like that. The neighbor, well, no, not the neighbor, but the, the one that did the show with him. Yeah, the one that did the show yeah. with him. I could see where you'd say that. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so he's out in the snow and he's burnt to death. Um, now I'm going to ask you something, and I I don't even know if you care or you know or what have you. So did you pay any attention to their breath? Like, no. Okay, because there's been some theory about like you can totally tell because you don't see their breath or you see their breath when they're human. And when they're an alien, you don't see it. But I'm, I've been, I watched it and I've seen it a couple of times, but I'm like, I don't think that's the case. I think you still see their breath. Huh? Anyway, I'll talk to you more about it as we progress, but I'm like, I, I don't think that's quite true. But anyway, yeah. I think I would have been looking for that if I was made aware of that was one of the things to look out. Yeah. For. I, I don't think, I think that's just a theory that I don't think it holds water. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So now help me out. So we, they, they burn him alive. Yep. So Benning, the end of Bennings. Okay. Um, and he lets out that. that oh yeah. Really creepy whale. And yeah. that was just like, that kind of cemented this movie inside of my brain as like all, being ultra creepy because it's just like that sound could not come from a human. No, it reminded me, uh, the, um, invasion of the body snatchers remake with Donald Sutherland. Oh, okay. You- yep. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of that. That screen, just the look and the open mouth. Yeah, when they see the when they see the person, they're trying to take over. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, it, so the next scene is that where they're doing the these? Are they starting the blood test now? After that? Oh shit! No, because the blood was destroyed. So um, I don't think that McCready gets that idea until he realizes that the <laughs> fire or the like the creature is an individual <laughs> organism. Hold on, okay. let, me, let me look at my notes here. Because I do remember, because they go back out there to uh, Wilford Brimley, and he's like, oh, I'm better now. You can let me back in. Yeah, but did you notice, why the fuck was there a noose inside there? Was he going to hang I, himself? I think he was going to kill himself. Oh, okay. I think he was going to kill himself. I just, I noticed that this time, but I never noticed it any of the other times. And I was like, wait a minute. Why is there a noose in there? Well, that or, and I don't really want to go there with him, but was it auto asphyxiation erotica maybe? I don't know. <laughs> but I don't want to, you know, because there was that nudie calendar behind him, but I don't want to have that image in my head. So, yeah. He's just going to be uh, holding his junk while he's got right. the rope around his neck. Right, yeah. right. Oh, you know what? Okay, because then we end up with, because I'm trying to think about this. We end up with, because hmm. there's the scene with Fuchs yes whatever happened to fuchs like you see somebody in the shadows moving but yeah, then you see him and someone runs by yep and then and they find his glasses outside. he ends up he takes a flare to go outside after the person which i'm like you know what's going on what the f are you thinking yeah and he goes outside and then they eventually oh he okay this is what i talk about he goes outside and he finds wait a minute i might be telling us out of order but anyway he finds mccready's jacket we see mccready like on his name on the back of the jacket shredded up oh yes there's that part and okay yeah which would lead us to believe that it was mccready who might now be the alien Mm -hmm. so we see that 
And then the next thing you know, they find they can't find Fuchs. They find him outside, burnt to a crisp, and they know it's him because it's got his he's got his glasses. Right. And that was after that, they never spoke of him again, which was just that didn't make a whole lot of sense because I was like, I didn't know who this guy was to begin with. I maybe have heard (laughs) his name once or twice in the movie and then, you know, he's gone. And then there's the. The the uh, so Kurt Russell has like a uh, like his own like little kind of like lodging cabin away from everyone else. Ah, yes. And he, and he's, he's like, out there with Nalls, correct? And someone else, because there's three of them, and they leave Nalls and McCree, but I don't remember who the third person is that leaves them. Yeah, I don't know either. Was it Windows, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, but the main thing is, McCready, Kurt Russell, he's like, that light is on up there, but I haven't been up there. Yeah, he said when he left it yesterday, the light, yeah. was, he shut the lights off. Yeah. And it's becoming a snowstorm and they and they have to tether themselves to this like line to find their way back and everything back and forth between all the buildings. So Kurt Russell and Nalls, the, the, um, which how he did this in roller skates, I'll never know, but they go up to his cabin. I'll wait for that to sink in. Maybe the roller skates actually double as snowshoes. Okay. All right. Thank you for paying attention. Um, and then so I thought maybe you just like, I lulled you into a coma by now. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. This will be our five hour episode on the thing. Um, so they end up going up there, but then Nalls like hightails it on the way back. He gets back inside and he's like, it's him. I yeah. found uh, his jacket shredded, but it was in the um, stuffed in the, in the, in the furnace, I think. Right. Yeah. Like gonna, he was going to burn it. I saw it and I hightailed it back here mm-hmm. and they lock, they, they lock uh, McCready out. Um, and uh, so they got him locked out. Yes. Okay. I'm doing really good with this. I'm so proud of myself. They've got McCready locked out. He eventually gets in and he's like, I am done with you guys. <laughs> he I'm breaks in through the shit. storage room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm done with this shit. And then like Childs is basically the one kind of holding him at bay. And so he grabs dynamite and he's like, I'm going to blow this, this whole building up. And so he basically talks everyone into, um, no, no. So during all this, that's when, um, Oh, the, uh, what's his name has a heart attack. Uh, Vance. Yeah. yeah. He's acting weird anyway. And he starts coughing. And so they think that there's something wrong with him. So they bring him into like the lab and then, so that's Vance the curly haired guy. And then, um, the, the, uh, then Dr. Cooper is trying to do like the whole, uh, uh yeah, the, the chest- defibrillator. Yep. Thank you. The defibrillator. Yeah. And, and his chest opens up yes, and swallows the hands. Yes. Just bites him clear <laughs> off with these teeth thing. I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, what the shit? Like that, I was not prepared for that at all. That was, that was one of the things I had to oh cover my, my eyes when I yeah, first saw so it as pulled, a kid. He pulls his bloody stumps back and he's screaming and everybody's like freaking the fuck out. And then you hear that weird clickety hissing thing once again. Uh-huh. And um, so they're, they're setting the body on fire, but what they don't notice while they're doing that is. The head is detaching itself. <laughs> 
uh, yes. yet again, another scene of amazing oh, practical effects that scarred my childhood. Oh my God. It's amazing. They have a thing for like spider legs in this movie. Like, Oh yeah, like they do. Weird, gross, like spider. Yeah. And so this is Vance. Vance, the guy that they thought he had a heart attack or something, whose his chest cavity is eating the other guy's arms off. His head is scurried away now underneath the desk. <laughs> yeah. And it, you think the head is going to get away. And this part made absolute zero fucking sense to me because it, it creeps out behind them and nobody notices, but the head stays there in the fucking doorway. Like yeah, just yeah, waiting little, for, hey, somebody notice me. I'm right yeah, here. Yeah, with little eyes, the little eyes off the top <laughs> looking around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, you ain't getting away. But I yeah, mean. Palmer's it, like, yeah, Palmer's <laughs> like, what do you say? Like, what the fuck or something like that? And then McCree turns around. They just like blast it. Yep. The little legs are shaking up and down as it burns. Yeah. Oh, man. So, I mean, it, it could have escaped at that point. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. I, I Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if when it first turns, are you, uh, is it slower? Like, does it take a while, you know, cause you're in a new form. Does it take a while to get your bearings maybe? Or I don't, you know mm. what I mean? I wonder. Yeah. I don't know because it like when it detached itself from the main body, it was kind of moving very slow and sluggish with that little mm-hmm. tongue whip thing or whatever. But yeah, then when it grew legs, love. it just, it, and it had eyes so it could see and it just kind uh-huh. of moved you know, maneuvered a little bit faster. So I don't know why I was just hanging out there. Yeah. So like the eyes basically came out of Vance's neck stump. Yeah. Yeah. So his head's upside down with the eyes out of that. Yeah. So, so the, Oh, wait a minute. So we told this wrong. Uh Oh, did we mess something up? We did because the part with the blood test, that guy that got his arms bit off was still he had him drugged, he had a Yukon Cornelius drugged, and he had Gary, the guy who shot through the window, drugged and tied together. Oh, I thought that came later, like uh, after that they were, scene. They were tied up for a while together. Anyway, okay. Okay, but anyway, after this now, now we're back on track. He has them all tied up. He has windows tie them all up. And he's doing this like he's got a flamethrower and he's testing the blood by sticking a hot wire in the blood. Because if it's an alien, it's going to like react negatively, negatively to the blood. Yeah. Try to protect itself. Try to protect itself. And then. He, McCready actually ends up shooting Clark in the head. Yep. Because he when, thought that Clark went for Clark went for the flamethrower. Yeah. Um, and he shot, he got shot in the head and then, yeah. so they, Clark, yeah, they do the test. Was Clark the next to last one? And then Childs was like, that makes you a murderer. Yeah. And well, and Clark had that, he has stolen like a little scalpel and he pulled that on McCready. So oh yeah, that's right. That shit. Yeah. So, um, they had, uh, so he had windows. He tested windows blood and windows who we thought this whole time may have been an alien was clean. He was clear. He was not an alien. So they had um, Palmer, the the pothead. That's the only way I can think to get you to remember who he is because (laughs) they all look the same. So Palmer, the one who was against windows the whole time. Yeah. Palmer was on the end. Then Gary was right by him. And that was the guy that shot through the window. And the last guy on the couch is our culprit. Wait, what? 
the last person at the end of the couch, um, it, uh, I think I'm remembering this right anyway, when they're doing the blood test and the, he starts, you know, doing that kind of oh, thing. Wait, so you're going, oh, so I'm going, okay. So on the very far right, we got Palmer, uh, the pothead. And then we've got Gary, the, the guy that we're trying to like figure out, is he a supervisor or whatever? They had the key. Yeah. <laughs> and Childs is next to Gary. Yep. And then who was the one who turned into, was Palmer. that Windows? No, Windows was no, the one who got Palmer. bit. Palmer is the one who turned into it. And he's the one that kept accusing Windows of it the whole time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and he did that whole weird freak out thing where his legs like shot into the ground and pulled the chair up and the other two are like tied. Yeah. And then his head kind of split in two. Yeah. Yeah. And then poor Windows, he actually attacked Windows who wasn't even an alien. <laughs> but I love it because he's like biting Windows and Windows is like basically upside down with his feet, like kicking the the, the light. The, yeah. He's still yeah, screaming while he's line. getting bit. Yeah. Like, ah! yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and Nalls. That's who else we missed. And Nalls. Oh, yes. It was like, I think it was Nalls, Childs, Gary, and then Palmer. And then uh, a convenient time when Palmer is freaking out for McCready's flamethrower to go on the fritz. Goes on the fritz. Totally goes on the fritz. And then, but Windows had one, but he didn't really do anything with it. No, I just... I didn't even think he had one. Yeah, he had one, but he did because he gave him one because McCready gave him one, too. And he just didn't really do anything with it. He just I think he was so freaked out about it. He seemed like he was on the verge of a breakdown anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Four windows. <laughs> yeah. That, that's so we, taxing. Right. It is taxing, isn't it? So we're so windows is gone now. We're, we're Fuchs is out of the picture. Bennings with the mutant arms is gone. <laughs> Gary yeah. is still there. Um, Nalls is still there, our roller skater. And like I said before, you know, um, Carpenter did not fall into the trope of getting rid of the African-American characters right away. Nope. They stuck around. Um, Palmer just turned to an alien and, and he got a uh, torch finally. Um, Yukon Cornelius died by Bacridi's gunshot. Um, Wilford Brimley. Oh, Wilford Brimley. Yes. Where is, uh, where is Blair? Uh, right. They go back out to look into his uh, little gulag and come to find out the floorboards can be removed. And this alien has been busy. So busy. What's he been doing? He's been digging himself a little tunnel and uh, apparently creating uh, something <laughs> capable of uh, air travel, I'm guessing, because I don't think that's space ready. No, he, but he's got like this giant man cave that he's done, like, and I'm trying to figure out exactly how long has this been? Yeah. How many days have passed? Because right, it doesn't... <laughs> to me, to make that man cave, he's got to have like some time. Yeah. Well, that thing was expansive. I mean. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it shit. was. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you ever see um, the Tommyknockers? I did. Yeah. That, that concept reminded me of the Tommyknockers, how they could like jerry rig stuff really fast. Yeah. The whole underground thing. It just reminded me. I'm not saying anyone copied anyone. That's not what I mean. But like, it just reminded me a lot of the Tommyknockers. I'm not accusing anyone of like theft or, you know. It did. And even not like when you, now you're talking about the series that ended up on sci-fi, correct? Um, It was, it was, it was made for TV. The okay. one I'm talking about had Tracy Lords in it with the, with the uh, lipstick that shot uh, laser beams. Yep. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah okay, we're talking yeah. about the same one. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, so yeah. when, uh, when they went into the aliens base down there, um, in the Tommy knockers, Mm-hmm. It was like living in another world, almost like almost like right. Doctor Who's TARDIS, where it's like bigger right. on the inside. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But just the whole concept of like, because to me, Wilfred Brimley did that super fast. Oh, yeah, right. he did. Yeah. He, and like the the the, uh, the Tommy knockers, the people in the town got that. Well, you know, like Tracy Lord's lipstick and stuff like they could take regular things, mm-hmm. but they had that ability to like jerry rig them and make them other things very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so eventually. The stuff that that uh, Wilfred Brimley destroyed, was it to save them at first or was he actually like at what point was he the alien? I wonder, was it to save them or was he already stealing things? You know what I mean? Yeah, because he was like everything that he was destroying went into building that little ship. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So now we're only left with McCready, Gary, the guy that shut out the window and then Nalls with his roller skates. Yeah. And they're like, we're not going to survive this, but we can't let this thing survive. And they figured out that they've got to kill it. They, they're going to have to blow the place up. They're going to have to burn it down to the ground. And so they're getting ready to do that. Yep. They're going to make it. I guess he said, let's heat the place up because the thing, mm-hmm. it knows it now that it can't escape. And so it's just going to crawl back into the ice and wait for a rescue team to find it, I guess. Yeah. Just go back to sleep, basically. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. So... For some reason, they send Nalls off on his own to to do his little part in making everything get ready to blow up. And Gary is with McCready, but Gary kind of wanders off to set up more dynamite. And then that's when Wilford Brimley pops up and does that really kind of cool face thing with his face. Oh, and that is this is a callback to when we did the Kindred. And when yes, those, I thought the same thing. And those tentacles are going inside of the skin. And it's like, what is up with like movies in the 80s and just like skin being absorbed by other skin? Exactly. Okay. So I was fine with that. I had no issues with this. But then Nall shows up and kind of sees something going on. To me, the way they had established the character, he would not have just walked in there without saying anything to McCready at all. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he wasn't an idiot. He was smart. He, he had self-preservation skills. And then all of a sudden he's just like, I'm going to walk in that room after I think I just saw something go on without saying anything (laughs) to McCready that I'm like, "Mm, no, but anyway, so kind of off camera Nalls meets his ending. Yeah. Because we, we truly don't know what happened to him at that point. uh -uh, No, no, I, that one just, I'm like, "Mm." I don't know. I had a hard time with that one. But anyway, and it's not just because he wore skates. And then also, where did Childs go? Because it's like now at this point, all that's left. left Remember, because they're like. Because at that one point they went off and left him, they're like, stay here. And then they saw him run out of the building. Yeah. And And so what the hell? (laughs) You know, I'm like, and they were fine with that, too. They're like, oh, he must have went and done whatever. And then he pops back up and he. Went and told him he was looking for something. Oh, the generator went out or something, wasn't he? Like, I went to go turn it on or something. Oh, the, yeah, but when they went looking for the generator, there was no more generator. Right. I'm like, this is also suspicious. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so, like, McCready's getting ready to blow the thing up, and then all of a sudden, the floor comes alive. Oh, this is the big face-off. I wish it lasted longer. I know. 
I think the floor, like not even before the creature shows up, but the, like him running from the floorboards, like shooting up and everything is really cool. Yeah, that was That's definitely, really cool. I was like, holy shit, this thing is huge. Like we, huge. we aren't even yeah. aware how big this thing can be. Right. And the choreography, just the planning that out I, was really, must have took a lot of time and it really paid off well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then when like, first you see tentacles emerging from the floor after it sucks in the detonator. Um, and then this big ass alien thing with human faces, dog faces, like any kind of faces, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was amazing. Now this one in particular is really what made me think of Stan Winston. Like this design. That, yes. Yep. Yeah. That, that's where I really thought, Oh, Stan Winston had a hand in this. And you said he was uncredited on there, right? Yeah. If you watch the movie, they thank him, but he's not listed in, you know, as far as. Ah, okay. Listed yeah. as part of the, uh, yeah. part of the, not the makeup department, but the creature. Special effects or creatures. Or anything. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what that, like, I don't know if, you know, he worked with them actually on this or they just thanked him for, you know, did you stop by one day and lend a hand or was it just like, cause I, you know, I know they said that he was very good about like, uh, like trade secrets, sharing that with people and stuff. So I don't know to what extent, but hmm. I just, you could see his influence to me in, in particularly this creature. I oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially yeah. with like the body horror type stuff that was going on. Yeah. 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 And then, so that leaves just McCready because he pretty much blows that one up to, to high heaven. And or then, we think that leaves McCready actually, but then uh, surprisingly child just shows up right. after the explosion. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then child shows up. Now this is where I want to talk to you. So when they're sitting there at the end, more or less, you can always see McCready's breath. And some people speculate that if you, in the scene, Childs, you don't always see his breath at all. There's only like towards the end that you start to see his breath. Huh. And some people speculate that he's the alien because you don't see his breath until the very end when he's totally assimilated. Okay. But I don't know. But you know, I really do wonder, I mean, is McCready an alien? You know, I was thinking the same thing. Like, what if that alien had, because McCready spends a lot of time alone. A lot of time alone. And he accuses other people too. And, yeah. so, and so did Palmer. And so did um, Brimley. I mean, that seems to be something it does. Yeah. And so also, and since like, um, since McCready had, hold on, I'm hearing something. Is it a dog? No, it's like clicking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's an upside down head with eyes ah! <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah since mccready has the flamethrower and explosives he could basically do anything he wants with the blood because we never see him actually cut himself to pour blood into the little petri dishes mm -hmm. right uh, but I mean, he's, so, yeah yeah he's doing that to everybody else and so maybe if he spent a lot of time alone, you know, that creature gained his knowledge and or human's ability to kind of be subversive and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he could have played this whole thing out. And then, you know, him and Childs at the end, he's just waiting for he's not going to assimilate Childs. He's just waiting for his chance to kind of die off in this. Well, not die off, but go to sleep in the snow until he yeah. gets found again. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love I now I do not have a problem with ambiguity in movies. I actually love the sending. I I it's very satisfying to me. I just like being able to kind of like play around. Yeah. With all the different versions you can make with this. Does that bother you at all? It does not. I like the idea that they leave it open ended because, you know, even to this day, it's still got us figuring out what actually happened there. Yeah, I think that's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. But especially this time for the show, when I watched it, I I really started thinking, well, who says that McCready's the good guy or, you know, not an alien? He's a human. You know, I mean, like, what if you really start looking at that with he is the alien? I mean, Nothing says he's not, you know, I, this makes it very, more interesting to me. Yeah. If you kind of view it that way, because it's like, yeah, there's a pretty good case that he could be. Right. There's there's a lot of twists and turns and yeah. a lot of a lot of arrows that do point to him being the alien. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also and then I also wonder when. Like. When did uh, Wilford Brimley become. The alien because there's that one scene where he's like i hear a lot of strange things out here at night i'm like was that him was that dr blair before he became the alien talking about this or mm, yeah you know what i mean i wonder about all this stuff you know i i don't know i i find it all very fascinating i like was that was another part of the alien one who tunneled underneath the ice and then came up through the floor and assimilated dr blair oh my god i never thought about that i thought about him going down i know how creepy would that be i just thought about that now i'm like locked in this fucking room you can't get out of and an alien shows up and it's out right and like what if all the strange things he was hearing was actually that creature tunneling underneath the floor (laughs) you just creeped me out oh my god rob that's horrifying uh it would explain like the you know him saying horrifying all of the things he hears but to me i really do think me in the beginning he really was destroying things because he had figured it out and he didn't want it to get away i think that really he really was trying to save the human race and prevent other people from coming and prevent it from getting out further i really right. do think that. because well the even the computer readout it said there's a 75 percent oh, right. chance that the team has already been infected or 75 yeah. percent of the team is already infected or something like that yeah and the whole news thing i think he had planned on Killing himself. Ah, so the creature wouldn't take him over, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah, I really do think so. And that makes me think that maybe while he was out there is when it happened. I and mean, I didn't think about coming up to the floorboard until you put that in my head. Yeah, that's what, you know, because Ugh. I was thinking since that, you know, what we saw at the ending when um, McCready is facing off with the final form of this creature, um, it was actually underneath the ice and it had no problem kind of maneuvering through there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh my gosh, mind blown. See, that's why I like talking about this stuff with you because I would have never gone there. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's my mind doesn't amazing. go there, you know? Yeah. But it's great to speculate on this stuff and like try to figure out, even though we don't, we might be wrong, we might be 100% correct, but it's still a lot of fun. Oh, see, I like to do that. Yeah, I totally like to do that. No, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not one of those people where it's like, I'm going to kick your ass if you don't agree with me. on It's a movie. I mean, yeah. not, that, not that that takes away from it, but I'm like, it's it's a movie, guys. You right. Know, and nobody has to be right. That's the beauty of it. It's like exactly you. Exactly. You can have your own view on it and it's uh, perfectly fine. Yeah. 
Now, how did you watch this? Did you like, uh, do you have, you own it or do you? Um, yes. Did you see my post on Instagram where I posted the Blu-ray last night? Oh yeah. Okay. But you don't have the, you, is your, does yours have the, the director's cut with the extra like five minute scene added? Uh, there was a five minute scene. Yeah. The, the Wilford Brimley shower scene. Uh, no. <laughs> you got me again. You the, son the, of a the bitch. Gr- the gratuitous nudity, Wilford Brimley shower scene. <laughs> Thankfully, no, it, I did not it see it. It just that. lingered and it, it was all I could do to watch it twice. So it was, it was kind of like cocoon before cocoon came out. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 uh, I, I have zero complaints on this. Even things like I was pointing out, it doesn't bother me. I have zero complaints with this movie. I really enjoy it. Yeah, there there were some a few plot holes, but they weren't so big that you could get lost in them. Oh yeah, no, no, it's not right. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. I still find it thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, and by the end of the movie, I guess um, John Carpenter or whoever had written the script, they you know, they kind of knew what they were doing. They're like, oh, we're going to tie up some loose ends, but we're also going to make some more ends that are extremely loose so people mm-hmm. can be pulling at the threads of this movie for years and decades to come. Oh, yeah. And I have nothing wrong. That's that's what good film does, like sci-fi. I mean, yeah. And I, th- I think this is also a very good mix of sci-fi and horror. I think it pulls it off very well because it's oh, not yeah. heavy one way and, and, and uh, short change the other. Because sometimes in films, you'll find that where it's like, Oh, it's like so sci-fi with just a little bit of horror. Oh, it's so horror. And there's just a tinge of sci-fi. Yeah. I think it, it walks that that fine line very well. Yeah, this was a nice blend. Ooh, I'm back. Hey. Sorry about that. I drank oh, a lot more water than I thought. Now, would you, well, let's see. Um, just a couple of little things I want to mention real quick. So the music, um, Ennio Marcone, I love, I actually love this this gentleman um he's done a lot of stuff with quentin tarantino um but he i love giallo films i don't like the italian um i don't think i've ever seen any of those i love them he uh but he did the soundtrack for the forbidden photos of a of a lady above suspicion i love that one he did uh, some music for nightmare castle but the he i think his score here is like really good he did a great job of i think uh kind of emulating carpenter but kind of putting his own spin on it Ah yes, be, he does. It's very subtle, but the soundtrack actually fits the mood of each scene. I think, and even the yeah. desolation behind it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. I agree totally. And then this is going back to the original thing, but um, Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween. Um, he actually, when Lindsay is watching TV, the little girl, um, there are clips. She's watching clips from uh, the first, uh, the thing from Another World. She's watching that on the television. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was kind of cool. Huh. And yeah. so, which came out first? Did the thing come out first or did Halloween come out first? Halloween was first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Halloween was 70. Ooh, people are going to kill me. I want to say 70. Eight. Let me look. I'm probably wrong. If it's not 78, it's 79, but I think it's 78. Let me look. It's 78. Yay. (laughs) All right. Gold star for you. Yes. I can move to the head of the class. Yeah. 
but yeah, no, so I think Halloween's pretty much what kind of put him on everyone's radar. And that's what allowed other things to get made. Because I know he'd done Dark Star before that, but I think that was, oh, and uh, of course, Assault on Precinct uh, 13. Um, I didn't see yeah. the original, but I, bleh, but I did see the remake of that. Oh, of Assault on, oh, you should see the original. I think you would, if, did you like the remake? Yeah, I did. Oh, I think you would really like the original. You should watch the original. It's, it's I like it a lot. Yeah, I'll put I think that on like my it. list. Yeah. Now, um, so uh, the movie, would you recommend it, Rob? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Without yeah. a doubt. If somebody asks me that they want a good, um, a good practical effects horror movie from the 80s and they want that, uh, they want that kind of alien element to it without watching Alien, uh, I would definitely recommend this. Yeah, it's a gore fest extravaganza. <laughs> it really is. It's yeah. Oh, it's perfect. It's primo. I want to do the chef's kiss thing. Oh yeah, totally. And like, I it holds up. Like, nothing about it looks cheap. Um, it feels real. We talked about this earlier on uh, in the show, not today, but on other episodes. But it feels tactile. Yes, like, you yeah. believe that that alien is really in that room with these people. You know, it's. It's not done on a computer and, and sliced in there. It's like that creature is really there. You know? <laughs> right. And even, like even watching it on a 4K TV, Blu-ray, um, you would think that it wouldn't hold up. But I got to tell you, those effects, it, it looks more real now, you know, seeing mm-hmm. it like that than uh, the old cathode ray televisions. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I because I have the same, the exact same uh blu-ray that you do i have the exact same one and i was amazed at how good it looked because you know there's a 4k out and i'm like oh should i upgrade um but this one looks really good still yeah it's blu-ray i don't think i'll ever see the need to go beyond the blu-ray for some movies especially this one because it looks really great the way it is right now i don't know what would wolford grimley look like in 4k holy shit he might imagine like I think his lizard would start showing. <laughs> you could see the scales and everything. Yeah, maybe you just don't know. But yeah, no, I mean it. It it because it's an older copy. I mean, I've had mine for quite a while, and some of the older Blu-rays they don't look so hot. You could tell that they weren't really quite doing the uh, the, the the resolution scanning and stuff that they really should have been doing on some of these things. But it the, the Blu-ray looks really good. Still. Yeah. Yeah. And I was surprised that, that for them to take a movie from the 80s and kind of upscale it, I didn't think a lot of the stuff would translate well, but this came out great. Yeah, no, I it's it's a really cool movie. Oh yeah. It's yeah. one of those that I'll never get tired of watching it. I'm always finding new stuff. Oh yes. No, I totally agree with you. Nope. Totally agree with you. It's been a while since I've seen it until this time. And I actually forgot about the whole saucer thing at the beginning. Because I turned to Walt and I'm like, do you remember this? He's like, no. I'm like, did they just add this on? Yeah, like they, I totally forgot about that. They they snuck in your house and threw it right. on the Blu-ray. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, but I, I love stuff like that. You just see new little things. Well, like the nose ring thing too. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But yeah, I, I, love, think I love revisiting cool movies. The last time I watched this was probably 2015. And... Okay. I still never noticed the nose ring. I'm going to have to watch that the next time and look specifically for that. 
Yeah, go back to like when he's basically doing the defib- defibrillator and it's very clear. Okay. Yeah, it's very clear. So it would be on his right nostril, I believe. So that would be my left, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> left, right. Yeah, yeah. It's because I'm, I'm like, well, that's not sweat. But anyway, yeah. Um, so have we beaten a dead horse? Have, or I, have we beaten a what mutated dog turning into a man? With this one? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think we've uh, covered everything that we could cover, possibly. I think so. So how, uh, let's okay. So uh, the show can be reached, and I'm active. I'm on there every day. I check it. Uh, the show can be reached on Instagram at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. So if you want to leave us a message or do a little like, that's great. Um, you can get in touch with us that way. Yeah, definitely um, give it a follow if you're not following currently. Yeah, please follow us. It would make my heart so happy. And Rob does all the work, so that would make him feel good too. Yeah. And uh, definitely you can let us know if you enjoy the show, your movie recommendations, you know, that sort of thing. You can also reach us at mmccpod at gmail.com. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so, like, once again, like, you know, you got a movie recommendation, uh, you want to praise the show, <laughs> or uh, do we talk too much? Do we go off track way too much? I mean, we're not going to stop, but I mean, you can tell us yeah, that no. we go off track too much. <laughs> and I guess if it's obscene, uh, just put in the subject matter for Mark. Ah. So have to open it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think I like reading obscenities, actually, but just uh, be creative about it. Oh, I was actually thinking about obscene pictures. Oh, obscene picture. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'll look at them. Them. I don't have to like them, but I'll look at them yeah. <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> Boy, I hate looking at this. <laughs> this oh, really makes shit. me sick. Oh. Man, I wish I could click off this. Look at the veins on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good times. But yeah, no, seriously, if there's a movie, like I would love if someone would, you know, Steel Magnolias, I'm up for it. <laughs> Steel Magnolias, yeah. Uh, the War of the Roses, uh, right. City Slickers, yeah. you know. City Slickers, <laughs> one or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got uh, Beaches, Bette Midler. Oh, yeah, so many Bette Midler ones. Speaking of Bette Midler, are you a Hocus Pocus fan? I keep hearing about Hocus Pocus, too. And I barely remember the first one. So okay. I was I wondering know. if you saw the second one because I have not seen it. And I, no. I'm curious to see it because I do like the first one. I've not seen it. I don't know if I, you know what I like? I liked Witches of Eastwick. That's so funny. I do too. And Stan Winston worked on that one too. Oh, no shit. I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him because I. it was either him or Rob Bottin because I looked it up and I'm like, I didn't know he worked on that. Yeah, I love Witches nice. of Eastwick. Yeah, because I well, I love Cher and I love uh, Michelle Pfeiffer can do no wrong in my book. And Susan Sarandon is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I really like that movie a lot. Oh, and uh, what's her face? Uh, Veronica Cartwright from Alien and uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and The Birds. She's in it, too. My goodness. Yeah, I I, I love The Witches of Eastwick. That's another one that like. um, To me, should be have like a better uh release than it does like it's just 
kind of there. Like people are like embarrassed about it or something. I don't know what it is, but. No, that was like a good movie is, from what I. Oh yeah. The cast is great and it's fun. And no, I really enjoy that. And it got like really lot. dark at some points too. Oh yeah. Didn't it? Yeah. No, I really like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally enjoy that one. Uh, yeah. I, well, apparently they're all still like the three women are still very close, like really good friends up to this day. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Even though yeah. I think Bette Midler's a rope. I'm not Bette Midler. Why am I thinking about Bette Midler now? <laughs> I mean, Be honest, Rob, when are you not thinking about Bette I know Midler? I'm thinking about Bette Midler all the time. Constantly. Yeah. But no, I think Cher's not human anymore. I think she's a plastic robot by now. Oh, yeah. But still, I mean, what the hell? Let her have her fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking it up now. I can't figure which one of it is. But I know one of the two for sure because I almost wrote it down. And I thought that you might not even know what the movie was. So I thought, well, I don't want to talk about something that I don't want to, you know, make you feel isolated or not welcome on the show because it's your show. But I'm like, so I'm going to leave this one off. But yeah, one of the two worked on that. But I can't figure out which one it was. But yep, which is a beast book. Which I'm trying to remember. There's not a whole, I mean, obviously there was something, but in my mind, I don't necessarily think of practical effects laden witches of eastwick right the, like uh jack nicholson was doing some magical shit though yeah but as far i mean i don't um, know but like, like not not body effects or anything like that i would yeah think. i just yeah but yeah let me try let me go on this way i just want to see because now it's going to bother me and i don't want to give someone credit or take it away from someone Let's see. Well, no, look at this. It says Practical Effects by Bette Midler. Weird. <laughs> She's everywhere, I tell you. Everywhere you want to be. There's no escape. Uh, <laughs> this is going to drive me crazy. Let's see here. Resistance is futile, human. Futile. Futile. Let's see here. Uh, I'm also looking at it, but it doesn't, I'm not in that part yet where it's. Let's see. Uh, ooh, special effects. Um, beep, beep, beep. No. I wonder if it's Rob. Visual effects. Wow, that's a long list for visual effects. Now, did you notice that uh, Mr. Winston worked on the Billy Idol video for Shock to the System? Are you serious? I'm not lying. No, this is true. See, I have to be careful with that because if I joke too much, then no one will believe anything <laughs> I say. But no, it says Billy Idol, Shock to the System, music video, special effects, 1993. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, I was talking about Billy Idol dancing with myself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, look at this. He also did the, oh, wow, the special effects for Wind Beneath My Wing by Bette Midler. I did not know that either. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm thinking it's Rob Bottin. Let me go to him because I'm not seeing it on Mr. Winston. Yeah, I'm not seeing it here. Uh, but they have a super long list just for the visual oh, yeah. effects. Because he's awesome. These people, I hope they, I'm sure they do, but I hope they realize like the joy that they have brought to people that they don't even know their lives. Yeah. I'm by creating these movies that are talked about even uh, 40 years after that they were made, you know? Yeah. So it is Rob Bottin. It's the Witches of Eastwick special makeup effects designer and creator. Oh, nice. Yep. Yep. 
I'm going to have to watch that again because I think the last time I saw that may have been the 90s. Oh, The Witches of Eastwick? I remember when it, so my friend worked at a movie theater and um, we could get in free. We just, uh, well, no, actually the drinks and I think we had to bring a cup for the drinks. That was the only thing he could get us free. But uh, the popcorn he would put in a clean trash bag. And so we could have like a trash bag full of popcorn and we had to bring our own cups in the because they kept track of the cups. But we would see movies like three and four times in a row. Uh, and that was one of the ones that we just saw a bazillion times. I remember that Angel Heart we saw like a bazillion times. Angel uh, Heart. That was uh, Ray Don Chong. No, uh, no. It was um, Lisa Bonet because it cost her the Cosby show. Oh, yeah. And she got naked, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because it offended Bill Cosby of all people. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Oh, uh, a little too late. We learned the truth. Right. 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 But yeah, I and it was the best. A oh, Pumpkinhead. I saw that like a bazillion times there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just the, all these movies. I, oh, I loved it. It was so much fun. We had like in the late nineties, there was a similar situation where there was a uh, kind of a family owned theater that changed hands a lot and we got in good with the new owner. And so he would let us in and, we saw Anaconda there. Um, oh, I took my son to see Anaconda. Yeah, that was a fun one. The whole saw, regurgitation scene was just yeah. the worst thing ever. We saw the Bruce Lee story there. Oh, cool. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty cool. We would get in for free and watch the movies. I, I could seriously do movies 24-7. Like, I, I love think, them so much. I don't know if I could do them 24-7, but I could definitely do them a lot. So what you're telling to our whole audience is that you really don't care about film. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a sham. <laughs> I'm I, a sham. I am a fraud. <laughs> the shyster, Rob the shyster. I'm a hack, a complete hack. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It, uh, it's just, it's always been a great escape for me. I don't, it's just something I could, like ever since I was a kid, it was just, oh, just the movies just like opened up a whole new world for me. Yeah. And sometimes when I didn't get to see them, my imagination would create them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember when I finally saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, what I thought it was based on the commercials in my head as a kid was nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, the film did not compare to what it was in my head. But, yeah. So, anyway, this this is enough of this. This could go on all night. Uh, so, uh, we've talked about where you can reach us. Uh, Gmail, please send whatever you would like us to know about. And I'd love to have movie recommendations. That'd be really cool. Yeah, um, me too. And our next movie, I was, I was, I don't know how lucky, lucky enough to talk Robin to the fun house, 1981's fun house. Ah, uh, yes. I, for, I got confused for a second. I was like, are we doing extra or are we doing the other one? But yes, now I remember I could not find extra. So we're doing the fun house. Yeah. But if extra will, will come eventually. Cause that one's a, Bizarre movie that I love so much. Yeah, we're gonna I might have to buy the next. DVD of that. Oh, good luck. Oh, you can't find that anywhere? Oh, it's such a hard one. I had to, uh, It's hard uh, to find. You can get like two and three, but the first one's so hard to find. How am I going to oh. get to see this movie? I don't know. Pack oh, with Satan, shit. I guess. Yeah, I'm going to. Well, I mean, I've got a lot of packs with Satan right now. So I, well, don't, know, I don't know if he'll give me an extended line of credit <laughs> anymore. I think Satan would do that. <laughs> you think so? All right. He likes to live on the edge. I'll yeah, try. I think he would. I think he would. Yeah. But no, the fun house. So I'm excited. And now you've never seen this, correct? I've never seen it. This will be yeah. my first time. So I am excited. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, we'll see. 
Yep. But it's all right. I mean, you could you could praise the movie and I'll shit on it. But at the end of the day, we'll still shake hands. Oh, always. Yep. Unless you bring up virus again and then it's just done. I told you that before, <laughs> it's, so. it's over. It's, it's your a- call. No, I'm joking. I'll totally watch Jamie Lee Curtis and virus. Nope. That's the end. That's where I draw the line. I would sit through anything with Jamie Lee in it. So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. Shall we say goodnight, Rob? Good night, Rob. Good night, Rob. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week with the fun house. Will we? Yeah, we will. Yeah. Okay. I've already lost my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Like extra or the fun house. Which one is it? (laughs) Oh, help me. Okay. All right. I think it's the aliens taking me over. They're assimilating you. You've been sitting down for far too long. Far too long. Far too long. Wait a minute. My facial hair is gone. Uh Oh, it's Wilford Brimley. (laughs) Wilford Brimley stole it. Right. (laughs) He's making off of my facial. hair. He got tired of not having a mustache. That naked lip is bothering him. Yeah. He's like, yeah. it's, it's cold in here. <laughs> I can right. feel it's it on so my lip. <laughs> in my gulag. <laughs> <laughs> I hear noises, I tell you. Oh, poor Wilford. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care. Okay. Take care. Bye, Rob. Bye.